Welcome back, everyone. My name is Etai Merlin. And I'm Elyron Aaron. And we are back and better than ever after a brief hiatus. There we go. We're back, Elyron. How does it feel, man? I'm excited. You know, a lot of news happened, so let's just Tons get right into news. it. All right, so let's get into it. So let's start off with the Montreal Canadiens and their front office mess. Yep. Um, so last Saturday night, it started off with Scott Mellenby, uh, the assistant G- general manager at the time. He abruptly resigned as in his position. Which, to me, was a very sudden surprise. It didn't really make any sense. Yeah. Um, usually, general manager changes are, you know, at the, in the offseason, the summer. Um, just to see, it was you usually very weird. See, you usually see the general manager goes with the assistant Correct. So, manager. I was like, you I guess Bergevin's safe for the yeah. year. You know, I guess it's just yeah. Melby and that's it. But then, the next day, general manager Mark Bergevin, assistant GM Trevor Timmons, who actually has been with the team since 2003, Ali Ron, yeah. and senior vice president Paul Wilson were all fired yeah. and relieved of their duties. And basically, the story... Allegedly, was that Scott Mellenby was actually promised to be the next general manager after Mark Bergevin. And he was actually offered positions and he turned it down. So I heard from the Penguins when they were looking for their GM search with Brian Burke and their current GM. He was in the mix, but he actually turned it down thinking he yeah. was going to be the next GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, so he was turning down just- positions and now, you know, he, he's on the open market. He should... Be, he he be probably back. will be picked up, but I find it weird that before they even fired Bergevin, they promised the next guy to go and be the GM because Bergevin, remember, four months ago, they were a Stanley Cup final team, Correct. and you don't usually fire the general manager after you're But I'll tell you something. This was, an, this was actually inevitable to me. No, obviously, it's been brewing for years. No, right? not, not, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's been brewing for years because Bergevin's won a lame duck GM. He had no contract. He said after the Stanley Cup Finals, I think if the Habs win the Stanley Cup Finals, Bergevin is actually... He, yeah, I think he would have quit. I think he, he probably retired. Yeah, yeah, he probably. retires as GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. And not only that, is that they clearly... There was some, there was some strife between Molson and Bergevin because they clearly couldn't agree on price. Um, and also, like, listen, to be honest with you, the, the, the Canadiens' run to the Stanley Cup Finals was a bit of a Cinderella story. Oh, absolutely. Like, no without question. that run, their team has not been good. And they've gotten lucky the past few years. Yeah, they, they've been to the bubble. They, they got into the playoffs as a, as a Barely flu. got into the playoffs. They, barely, they really didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. And round. listen, their player development has been awful. I mean, you see with Kakanami's been terrible. Yeah, completely- has been horrible. They have 15 first-round picks since 2000. I think it's one. I mean, they've been awful. McCarron, Tenorti. Just so many bad, bad... I mean, listen, Ryan Paling's starting to play well a little bit. But just there's too many, too many busts in, on the Montreal Canadiens. Their player development stinks. And let me just say, who now who they brought in. So Jeff Gordon, formerly of the New York Rangers and Boston Bruins, has, has been hired as executive vice president of hockey, hockey operations. Jeff Molson will still remain as the head vice president. And interestingly enough, Elinron, yeah, they're now going to be in a two-man system where Jeff Gordon essentially is in charge and he's the VP of hockey ops while they're going to hire Gordon with uh, like a committee, including Bob Ganey, actually, is going to be part of the hiring. Really? Thing. Yep. Um, they're going to hire GM. And let me just name you a few of the candidates. So current player agent Kent Hughes, who actually represents Patrice Bergeron, who formerly represented Vincent LeCavier, and he represents um, a few other French players. Chris Letang, he represents. French players. Yeah, so he, um, he is bilingual. Like I said, the GM must be bilingual because Absolutely. Jeff Ford is American. In fact, the Journal de Montreal was pretty, pretty adamant about their, you know, how... Jeff Gordon did not deserve the position because he's not French speaking. Really? Yes. Yeah, so listen. I mean, this is. I mean, to be honest, though, VP of Hockey Ops is really a behind the scenes like job. You don't really need. Not them. in this. Not in this case. Ready? He is the one in charge. He's the guy. So this. This is what happened. Yeah. When Jeff Gordon was in New York, he didn't like the spotlight. This is the perfect position for him because he's actually in charge. But he is the. He is the final say, but he's not in the spotlight. Exactly. The That's GM the will thing. be the one to communicate with the with the media. Will be the, will be the 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 
essentially, you know, he'll be the the guy. The you know, figurehead. Exactly. It's a good word. Figurehead is a good word. So, um, so who else do we got as a candidate? So Danny Barrera. So I think what Jeff Gordon said in his press conference was that he wants someone who can complement his skill set. Yeah. So someone who maybe is a former player, a former agent. Jeff Gordon, he said he had five things to do. One of the five things was like he wants to work on player development to maybe help the analytics. One of the, the problems with Mark Bergevin, he, as a former defenseman, Bergevin was a former defenseman. Yep. Um, he just signed these four, stay-at-home defensemen, and he's not a very analytical yeah, GM. big guys. And big just, guys who don't put up a lot of and offensive like that numbers. Too. I, first of all, let me just say, yeah, you, you've, you've I love professed your love for the defensive defensemen. Stay-at-home defensemen are the best kind of – I honestly believe people, players like Jared Spurgeon and all these players that are stay-at-home defensemen, Adam Pellick – Unbelievable players. Jacob Slavin. Nah, listen, you have to have a two-way Cash, player. Listen. You, you argue about a two-way player when okay, I want a defenseman. That's, that's irrelevant. But what whatever. I'm going to say is that, like, I think it's going to be, you know, so, probably it's going to be a new GM. 100%. So not experienced. And yep. he'll learn under Jeff Gordon's wing. Jeff Gordon has ample experience. Absolutely. He actually, he's in the 2006. Great moves. In 2006, he's with the Bruins. He signed Zdeno Chara. He drafted Patrice Bergeron. He drafted Phil Kessel. He traded for Tuka Rask from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And then he was GM of the, the Rangers in 2016. He signed Panarin. He signed Adam Fox. Draft, what did you say? Traded something? for him. Traded for People Adam are Fox. always talking Fox. of Jeff Gordon. To be honest with you, he clearly got lucky. You know, let's You think he Adam got Fox, lucky? Adam Fox I mean, Adam Fox wasn't. said, I only want to play for the Rangers. But that's not, I mean, that's not getting lucky. I mean, that's one move. But he was aggressive. He got Panarin. But he got Kako. He yeah, got Lafreniere. He drafted, he got early draft he's picks. been drafting well. I mean, the only one of his picks from the first round that doesn't really seem to have panned out is Kravtsov. And by the way, Kravtsov. Speaking of, I think he'll be traded soon. But it sounds like he is. he's a good player. He just hasn't, you know, he just hasn't been given the opportunity. Elias Anderson yeah, yeah. also didn't work out. Um, but I think that was maybe before the era. But also, what I'll say is that, like, he did a great. Gordon really did a like. He's a players. He's a players. You know, GM. But what yeah. I'll say too is like something about Mark Bergman is like. Clearly, with as Mark Bergevin in, in the fold, they probably couldn't have gone through a rebuild. I feel like Bergevin, one of his issues was like, he never when it came really to contracts, blew it up. when it came to contracts, yeah, he always had this retool world. Yeah, word. Retool. When it came to contracts, he was very emotional, you know, very emotionally invested guy Bergevin is. It could and, come from being a former player, too. No, he just like, he, he couldn't separate emotion from the business side. Like, yeah. He was crying when he signed Gallagher. He just, he's too, he couldn't trade Gallagher. He couldn't trade Price. He couldn't trade, you know, all these pl- – Jack Petrie. And he sometimes you've got to do that. And as now a GM, you've got to do that. Yeah, now Jeff Gordon's coming in as a new face. He, you know, he's going to take over the position. He's going to look at it from an outsider's perspective, see what the team is best for the team. And if a rebuild – if he believes a rebuild is necessary, I think that's Which what's Which it probably happen. is because they're off to a terrible start this season. 6-17-3. It's really hard to believe that four short months ago that this was a team that was playing for the Stanley Cup. Which I'll tell you, it's crazy. funny because they're actually going to play the Lightning this week tonight. And we're going to see how that goes. It's funny because if you look at the roster, just the change, man, between the four months of the Lightning Canadian Stanley Cup final in 2021 and then this crappy matchup is a joke. I mean, it's pathetic. Yeah. Like, the Habs have so many pl- – the Habs are starting, you know, like these fourth lines. Listen, it's just not the same. It shows you the parity of the league. Out. Teams are constantly evolving and changing for yeah. the better or for the worse. And I think that what's necessary is a Canadian's rebuild. I think Carey Price is probably stalling that rebuild for a while. And I mean, I hope Price doesn't get traded, but let's be honest for a second. I mean, I think if they're going to do a rebuild, I think all their veterans are gone. And it's looking like they have a new core of, 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 of players coming on with, you know, maybe Nick Suzuki's is captain as early as next year. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know. We'll I, see what happens. But I don't know if they're going to remove uh, his captaincy. Um, 
Weber's. I don't think they're going to move his well, no, captaincy. Until Weber officially retires, I doubt they're going to give him No, the absolutely not. And when is his contract uh, up? It's going to be a Weber couple years. Weber until 2026, maybe? Oh, really? <laughs> wow. He has a mammoth. Signed 14 years, $200 I don't think that. I don't think that he's good. Unless he comes out and says, I'm never playing again, in which case they will take the C and give it to someone else. Well, but, it's, I think it's pretty clear he's never never playing again. But I don't, he's a, It's a long contract. I mean, listen, no one thought Andrew Lab was going to play again, and here he is in Arizona. So Listen, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I think... The, expe- the expectation is that he's probably not going to play again. But I'll say Jeff Gordon, most likely a rebuild. We'll see what happens there. Really going to be interesting to see what he does with the analytics department. What he also does with the mental health. Now he's, he's going to have the mental health branch. Um, so really, I think this is a very smart hiring. I don't know about yeah, you. No, I it's like an Jeff exciting Gordon. new era for yeah. the Montreal Canadiens where I think that a front office shakeup hasn't been necessary for a while. And I saw this tweet. Like, this is the best situation that could have happened to the Canadians. They had a great Stanley Cup Finals and heartbreaking, but very fun and exciting Stanley Cup Finals run for their fans. And now they're going to blow it up and make themselves a better team. Because let me see, something. it was a fluky run, Jeff but it's Molson, still exciting. Jeff Molson knows this too. Is that the Canadians fans will not wait that long for rebuild? They're very impatient. They're probably the hardest like fan base. Yeah, but harsh, like I don't know about a rebuild, man. I I, I mean really you don't know about a rebuild. But here's, the, here's what the players. thing is, though. I hope it, they do it. Here's the thing, though. What's necessary is probably a rebuild, but I hope they keep their veterans. I know, but here's the thing that happens in a rebuild with Montreal. Like, you know, if you rebuild on a team like Columbus and whatever, like, fans are going to lose interest quick. Like, Columbus, they rebuild. Like, a lot of like teams in smaller markets. Like, I think if Nashville were to go to a rebuild, it's very dangerous because they could probably lose, lose their fan base. But the Canadians' fans, they're sticking around. They don't care about a re- They do but care the about a rebuild. Is that, is that- they're going to be tough. About a rebuild, but they're still going to show up to games. I don't they're know about gonna, that, man. Let oh, me they, see oh, come on. Let me see something come on. That, that, that Habs fans, especially because we haven't won since '93. It's that listen, man. Like there was a jersey thrown in the ice the, the 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 game before you know this whole this whole firing occurred. The Habs fans, like the Canucks fans, are are they're. They love their team, but there's there's a limit and extent to what they're going to go through. Like, I believe Canucks rebuild's fans, the best for this team. Around. But honestly, like I mean, pe- teams are going to want Gallagher. They're going to want Sherrod. They're going to want Petrie. They're going to want Price. They're going to you know. Listen, they're going to trade some of them. The truth is they're going to trade some of them. That it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Um, but yeah, so um, cool. But it's crazy. Just four months removed from the Stanley Cup. But I think this is really what is best for the team. It's going to make the Montreal yeah, Canadiens Bergevin. a much better Bergevin hockey and, I mean, Bergevin will, will be in business soon, I really think. No, he, yeah, I mean, I heard the Canucks are, are really... He's in. not going to go to the Canucks because it's too much pressure. But, but I heard he that's like I LA. Mean, I heard they're know. interested in having him, but I don't know if he's going to want to go there. Maybe the so, Ducks. We'll see. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, anyway. So Let's next move on, thing, though. Yeah, so some big players, like big-name players have been getting waived. It's kind of a trend. So let's start off with the Vander Kane. What a clown, man. What a clown. What a clown. So first with the gambling, now with this. So he's been sent down to the San Jose Barracuda after getting waived by the Sharks. Recently fired his agent and is looking for a deal that would send him to another NHL team. More on that in a second, but... He's likely trying to force the Sharks to retain a large amount of his salary. Because yeah, so if he gets traded, he's for sure. Yeah, they're, it's going to be at least 50%. half. They're yeah. retaining 50%. But, I mean, maybe get traded to another team, too, and they retain 75. Who knows? I they could do a two for, team for what he's worth. But he has four seasons, including this one, left at $7 million per, which is really expensive. What? Uh, I mean, listen. I mean, he had a really he's good a great season. player, though. He had a good season last year. He's but, a good player, man. All the listen, craziness, great player. You know, you're, he's looking for a trade, right? Listen to this. He's shooting himself in the foot. He has a three-team no-trade clause. Three-team trade, trade, trade clause. Okay, so he can only be traded to three teams. Guess what team he put on that list? What the team? Winnipeg Jets. Wow. A team that had him like as, as their, from their inaugural season to 2014. 
I mean, he was such a joke there. Kevin Sheveldayoff, like, traded him to the Sabres in 2014. So Sheveldayoff never going to trade for him again. No, absolutely not. The Jets fans would, like, like riot before they had him. Therefore, it's he's, clear. He's he universally traded. He is universally hated in right. Winnipeg. So it's clear. So, Either he doesn't want to be traded. Or, or he, he wants, wants to be traded to, to two, two specific teams. teams. Yeah, exactly. So by doing that, like, like the Winnipeg Jets have no interest in having Evander Kane ever enter Winnipeg Gen- again. Genius, but a dick move. It's, got, it's a dick uh, move. It absolutely is. But I think also at the same time, maybe he's very comfortable just making his money easily in the AHL. He's making the same salary, not, not yeah, losing any he's money. He's playing against maybe weak competition. More. Yeah, listen, He didn't have to move. It's in the same city. You know? Yeah, he's got a family. I mean, so. listen. He's got a, uh, but also, I was reading some rumors that maybe Evander Kane, to the, if a team were to take him on, apparently the Carolina Hurricanes might be inter- interested. I mean, they're a team Coach that Rob does do this kind of stuff. I think Coach Rod Brindamore, if there's anyone to put him into place, I think you see that with Tony D'Angelo, who's clearly maybe a top five, top he's seven. He's been a Norris candidate. candidate this year. Yeah, yeah he's been Putting amazing. up points, playing well defensively, and a great team. Really just, he's, he's you know, D'Angelo, you haven't heard any rumors about him. He's been, he's been you know... He's been a citizen of that team, so I, I think he's been a really great player this year. And I think if anyone were to put him to his place, I think um, Rob Brindamore would do a great job of that. So we'll see what happens to Vander Kane, but, I mean, he's a good player still. He really is a, is a capable NHL player, a very top six. I'd put him in the top six. He's a top six forward, but here's the thing. I mean, he's a locker room cancer. You got to always factor that in. He's a locker room cancer. He's very selfish. He has all these other off-the-ice issues going on about him. We'll see. I, I, uh-huh. I, I think he gets traded, but we'll see where he goes. Yeah, you I mean, even heard rumors about how his teammates didn't even, you know. Yeah, his teammates have hated him. They've like, like, you see about how he, the, the, he wasn't being, hasn't been good in the locker room or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but, um, but speaking of someone who's probably not a locker room cancer. No, not even, not even that. I mean, he, I just don't think he's a capable NHL player. That's just the unfortunate reality. He's, Matt Murray. Matt it's, Murray it's, been yeah. real, it's been a real downward slope a, for him. A, yeah. I mean, he was waived. He sent down to the Belleville Senators. He's playing all right for them, like. He's had some okay games. Apparently, he's in good spirits, though, now, which yeah, is good. He's upbeat. Yeah. I mean, as long as he's, like, whatever. But he but is just underperformed he's even before. Yeah, no, he's been contract. on a downward slope since 20, like, 2018, since 2019. Since the bubble of, the, of 2020. I mean, that was his last been, string with the Penguins. Real, it's been a real downward slope for him. We lost in four to the yeah. Canadians, yeah. No, he, he's underperformed this season. He's posted a .89 save percentage, 3.26 goals against in five NHL games, which is just pathetic considering the money that he's making, which is he's in the second year of a four-year Six point two five million dollar per what contract. What albatross! Man. It, it's no a real al- albatross. And the truth is, like, I mean, he'll be sure. back in the centers though this year for sure. Do you think so? I mean, I'm yeah. really. I mean, obviously, he's gonna. You can't keep a player making that money in the AHL. You just simply can't. It no, does, you're it's, right. It's bad for business and whatever. Yeah, but. I mean, he he's only played six games this year, and he according to Money Puck, he's minus four point one goals saved above expected. And even before that contract, I remember seeing Money Puck. He basically said that the contract was going to be horrible. Like Matt no, Murray, I, was, I, he's what he was when he signed that contract the year prior when they traded for him in the draft. He apparently was the, the worst starting goaltender analytically. No, I knew that so it he's was kind of a have. mess of, of a goalie. Um, and he has not been the same since his dad died. You know, he, really, just to put put it into perspective. In reality, I mean, listen, he just has not been the same goalie. Yeah, and I mean, it's something very that. sad. It's it's something yeah. very sad, but. You know, it just he's seen such a downward slope, and I don't know if he's ever going to be able to recover. And it interestingly just, enough, he's felt as a scapegoat of the, of the center's struggles. I mean, you he is he's upset at the, at the franchise because he feels as if he's constantly being the one blamed for you know, like the lack of of success in Ottawa. Like this year, yeah. at the start of the year, I remember owner UG Melnick, he basically said the rebuild's over. And yeah, so did the GM. Like that. They've won three straight, Theodore including they beat Carolina that. and Colorado the past three games. But listen, like. They just their rebuild is still going. They're, they are not looking. They're to be a still stuck in it, and, and yeah, I mean it's. Cr- I mean obviously part of it stems from the goalie. So part of it stems from the rest yeah, of the they team. They have AHL goalies now. 
According to Mike, but they have 2.8% chance to make the playoffs, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're not making playoffs. the playoffs. It's very simple. They're not making the playoffs. Not at all. No. I mean, just to, like, you know what's frustrating, though, about the centers, though? It's like they're also a team. Like Arizona, I mean, they just got to mess with their, their arena, their the owners. Arena, the yeah, owners, the owners joke. cheap. It like, was a joke. No one likes Melnick. No, no one, one likes, likes Melnick. And I think the league, even I read something about Elliot Freeman saying basically this week that, that even the league might have to step in and be like, all right, like they, this franchise needs to be run differently. Like it comes to a point where, where someone needs to basically say enough is enough. Move your arena or figure it out. Like their attendance is horrible. They're barely getting 68, 65% capacity. Really? Um, I think they're that's, averaging that's 68% for, capacity. For a Canadian team, that's insane. I mean, the location's horrible, but at the same time, the owner itself is I mean, horrible yeah, too. except the location. Stinks, you, know, you know what, though? If the team is good, the, the, the fans are going to drive the extra bit of distance. To go to the stadium. I don't don't even that. don't even m- mention the location. Like you gotta go a little extra distance, fine. But if the team is good, the fans are gonna make the drive. The team's right. garbage. No one wants stinks, to go. Man. No one wants to go out of their way to see these games. Like Buffalo, Buffalo Barry can crack fifty percent capacity. It's insane. It's, Buffalo, dude, like, there it's, are problems with. You know what the problem is in, in the league sometimes is like there's tons of parity in the NHL, but at the same time, the teams who stink recently, there are pathetic. It's really so I mean, for the long time. Hurricanes missed the playoffs for almost ten years in a row. Like Columbus the Sabers, the Sabers have almost made missed the playoffs for ten years in a row. Columbus recently has been good, but for a long time Toronto they were stuck in the mud. Florida, since two thousand three or two thousand one, I don't remember. Yeah, no, they they these are teams right, that have just like, been stuck in the mud, not winning anything, and their attendance has just been horrible. And it, you know what? Because of revenue sharing, it brings the whole league down. And listen, not only that, it's like unless your name's Steve Yzerman, like who's doing a good job right now at the rebuild? I don't know. I mean, I don't think I don't think what's his name is doing a good job. Pierre Dorian. I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think he overpaid Batherson. I think he overpaid Kachuk. Yeah, I mean, the, the players. More about Kachuk later. The players but. he has is, are great. Honestly, like Josh Norris is a great player. I think Eric Brandstrom is an overrated player. Just some of their prospects are seem to be overrated. But jo- let me just say something. Josh Norris is a phenomenal player. He's going to be a star player in this league. You'll see. Um, still, yeah, he's not going to pull this team legit, together legit. on his own. Stutzla is a has a release and a half. But Kids I mean, the team, the team still isn't getting over the hump. Nope, so not we have to see. They have Cold a lot of. They have some big. Stinks. They have some big contract commitments, so they got to really see start seeing some improvement sooner rather than later. Hundred percent. All right, let's All move right. on. Let's talk some Olympics, Elyron. Yeah. So, so uh, let me just explain you basically the deal about the Olympics. Right, so the NHL. Good. The NHL has until January tenth to decide whether or not they're going to opt or opt out of the Olympics. So this would um, be the until, NHL management. Until they get basically like fined. This would be the NHL management, right? Correct. This is the league deciding essentially. The NA, not the PA, because the PA wants to go. Well, there are concerns of some specific players who maybe don't want to go to the Olympics. Uh, yeah. The players themselves, if you speak to Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby. They want to go. McKinnon, They're excited. All these players, I mean, those are all Canadian. But either way, all those players do want to go to the Olympics. Most players are eager, despite knowing that they might have to quarantine for three weeks if they get COVID. Now, listen, like I said, the players are still eager. And what the problem is that with a lot of these COVID situations right now is a lot of teams, like their games are being canceled because of COVID. Basically, already, seven this season, seven teams have already had to suspend their games, meaning that 10 people within their organization have tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah, so listen, like this, if there are more suspended games, this is going to be a problem in the future. Especially with scheduling, because the whole Olympics takes up pretty much, I don't think there's really NHL, any NHL action in the entire month of February. So that's four weeks that are completely blocked off for this. If players get COVID and whatever and are stuck in China, that's going to take Beijing more time. Game. I mean... Like, it's going to be a crazy situation. 
So I, I think that the NHL, I do think the NHL still goes because it's going to be Me very too. tough for them to go. But they're going to wait it out to January. They're going to wait it out, but I think yeah. it's going to be very tough for the NHL to reschedule back into those things because you know when you you block off time for a stadium like whatever, there's going to be concerts and conventions and whatever scheduled in those arenas that the NHL just can't barge in and cancel all those. Well, events. Let me tell you something: is that there's not going to be any 56 game BS this year. It's all it's, there's going to be 82 games no matter what. Oh, it's 82 games a season. That's that's it. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Is like so whatever's going to happen there's gonna be 82 games so i think they might as well go to the olympics even last year they played all 56 yeah like even like when they had the canucks and whatever in the the flames where they pushed back like this push back games, yeah. the, no the canadians were like the canadian uh division I they mean, had yeah, yeah. the playoffs started like a week after everyone else you're right um but what's fascinating is that like to be honest with you like i'm surprised that only robin Leonard. so let me just say something first of all about yeah. robin Leonard. so robin Leonard opted out actually to play the olympics due to covid COVID quarantine reasons and mental health reasons. He feel like yeah, he feels like it's not worth the risk to having to quarantine for three weeks if he tests positive for COVID nineteen. Yeah, and, and he would probably be one of the two starters for yeah, Sweden. Yeah, Marstrom's a beast. He even him and Marstrom. And then the third will be Omar. But now it sounds like the third's going to be Forsberg, Anton Forsberg. So. Right, but I honestly like I think they'd be fine in the net. It's, I think honestly, I think I mean who would you rather right now, Leonard or Markstrom? I would honestly take Leonard. Overall, but Markstrom's having I a take Markstrom, man. heck Markstrom of a season. Markstrom's having a heck of a season, but Markstrom is more inconsistent. Markstrom is more inconsistent. I'll tell you why better. Is because when he was with Vancouver, I mean, he was just masking up all their issues. In the bubble there, I mean, before Demko, when he, before, like, Demko came in, Markstrom is just, was a tank. He was a beast. No, absolutely. But the thing is, is that those, I don't know, I feel like Markstrom has, sees more up and down from season to season. Like, last year he was not a You're good right. goalie. You're right. Um, this year he's insane. And Leonard, I feel, is a more proven commodity. He's You're more definitely consistent. right. Leonard's so. a very consistent goalie. Um, yeah. The problem is that, like, you know, he's had to rely, like, he's been in a 1A, 1B situation most of his career. Until till this year, basically. But it will be a shame if the the NHL does not go to the Olympics. Oh, real Because shame. the whole issue with the CBA last offseason was literally based off of the Olympics. Like, the players wanted to go, the management not, didn't want to go. Players had... First of all, the NHL, let me just say something. Gary Bettman and Bill Daly, they gave in to the players, yeah. allowing them to go to the Olympics. Gary Bettman does not want the players to go to the Olympics. Let me just flat out say that mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Um, but it would be a shame because, you know, this, the whole CBA was about that. They finally agreed on it. Um, but they're going to take their time to up to January 10th to decide whether or not, you know, they're going to go to the Olympics. And I, I can't imagine there aren't more players who don't want to go to the Olympics. Yeah, Kansas I don't think it's just Leonard. Leonard. But anyway, speaking about goalies, yeah. uh, I mean, who do you think, like, Team Canada, like, they, they got some, I don't know who you pick. It's going to be tough. It's going to be mean, Bennington? If Price is there like, and healthy, if, if, if he gets in some games, it's obviously Carey Price, Doug Armstrong. Bennington, maybe. Doug Armstrong already said that if Price is healthy, he's going to play. I think Bennington is probably the most reasonable option, but not because he might deserve it because he has that history with GM Doug Armstrong. Not just that, though. I mean, also, I mean, uh, Blackwood hasn't played well. Blackwood's been weak. Hart is actually playing well this year. Uh, yeah, which but is he's pretty ironic wrong. because the Flyers have been ass. And you'd think that maybe goaltending's been an issue, but no, Carter Hart and Martin Jones, except for last night, he was horrible. But um, other than last night, Martin Jones has been really, really good this year too, which is interesting because he's been one of the worst goalies statistically the past few years. But um, yeah. like on it, you know, it's um, the Flyers have been a mess, but Hart's been okay. I can see Carter Hart maybe. I mean, Darcy Kemper has been pretty bad. He's been, yeah, he's had a pretty down season. I don't know who your goalie is. Can you give it a flurry? Flurry's been not that good, unless know. it's in the shootout, which he's 3 0 in, but. Besides the shootout. Yeah, I, just, I, I feel like it ends up being Bennington's net, which is crazy to say. Probably it's Carter really, Harder. No, I feel, I feel it's Bennington. I feel that I put, put my chin down on Bennington. Just because of dunk. But I, I, I hope Terry Price can get on the yeah. ice and, and play. And, and you know what? It's his net if he wants it. Oh, we'll see. But I really no, feel... he said that. This, is, this, is, this is crazy. I mean, we'll see if, he, if he's going to play, though. Yeah. But I think it's crazy that it's this is one of the few years where you could say, like, 
Canada has like one of the weaker nets. I mean, it like you know, even like Germany's, they got Grubauer. I know you don't like Grubauer. He's having yeah, a down Grubauer. season, but he's a good down season. The man's the worst goal in the league right now. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I mean, he's, down he's season. according to I mean, whatever money. He's plug, not have, he doesn't have minus sixteen point eight goals. He doesn't have a good team in front of him either, though. I don't, dude. Grubauer is a horrible six times six that contract. He signed is not okay. Very whatever, bad. but like a lot of teams have he's great goalies, and bad. and Canada's just not one of them. Canada's You're right. not a team. They're they're thin on, but you know what. They, their offensive players, their defensive players will, will make up for it. They are stacked on defense and offense. They are, oh, yeah. They, I mean, it's just pathetic the, the, how good the, the team Canada is right now. I mean, seriously. They're, really they're stacked. Yeah, they're, they're stacked. stacked. I mean, their forwards are insane. I think their back end is a little bit weaker than the U.S. I think the, the defense... How about that U.S. back, that oh, back end, man? It's insane. Yeah, I mean, with Seth Jones So many Florence, good players. He, you know, really just... It's going to be a beat. It's going to be... I really feel we're going to see, like... I mean, Canada, U.S. possibly in the finals here. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, there's also Russia's in the mix. Russia's got the best goal in the league. I mean, Finland has um, got some good, good firepower oh, yeah. up front. Oh, the boys. So, yeah. Germany's got dry sidle, so that always keeps them in the, the Who's hunt. Who's Germany's goal, you said? That's Grubauer. Grubauer, yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I it's going to be a top. Sweden's like, got some good players. Like, yes, yeah, Sweden's you know, got some good players, too. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's going to be a good Olympics. I really hope they go. If they don't play in the Olympics, so I think obviously the schedule will change. I don't know. I mean, like, like I said with the stadiums, though, like you can't just kick out concerts from all these stadiums. I, I'm sure you have to pay a fee. How many concerts are there? Come on, man. I it's mean, like, the, things one. get scheduled though. Like thirty-two Hockey arenas. Anything. Hockey trumps thirty-two arenas. Country music concert. You know, like don't don't sh- don't brag on my country music. All right. Listen, I think if you have Bridgestone Arena, I think a lot of people will be upset if a Luke Combs concert gets canceled. Combs, Seriously, dude. Enough. All right. Well, enough. Like, what if they cancel Sean Mendes' concert? Well, that you want to go that to. should well, be canceled in the first place, so I mean that shouldn't even be a conversation. But whatever. oh, okay, whatever. You know. So um, let's move on to something else. The Penguins organization Sean has Mendes. been. Come on, <laughs> the Penguins organization has announced recently that the Fenway Sports Group, which is a company that owns the Boston Red Sox, Liverpool FC, among other sports ventures, has entered into an agreement to acquire a controlling stake in their team in the Penguins. Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle will remain That's part of the yeah, okay. Will remain part of the ownership group and the front office, which you, uh, with Brian Burke and those guys are going to remain intact. So they're going to keep the same front office. They're keeping Mario Lemieux in the hockey ops division, whatever. But I think this is a really good sign that a, a really established sports entity like Fenway Sports Group, which owns like a, a fantastic. Uh, MLB team that wins a lot. The Red Sox, they're a high value team. Yeah. I don't know anything about soccer, but I've heard of Liverpool. So yeah, I really don't I mean, know soccer either. So, but, but also, let me tell you, it's a good fact, sign for the NHL. LeBron James is actually an indirect owner now of the Fen- of the Pittsburgh Penguins because he's actually a, a, he owns a shares. Yeah, in he Fenway. owns some shares of of Liverpool. Really? Um, yeah. So he is a indirect a owner, owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Which now, is kind of cool. Let's just say now that Mario Lemieux doesn't have as much power, I think there's a glint like a, a tiny tiny bit of a chance that maybe this gives so let's say the penguins don't work out let's say their their next few years you know they really oh. stink crosby and malkin maybe because because lemieux is not now fully in charge i believe that this is opening up the door just a little bit just in case that maybe crosby and malkin don't you are such a pessimist retire as you are such penguins. a pessimist i think on the other hand that this is a wonderful move for the nhl i think that this shows that big like high, like rich people and wealthy businessmen think Over that million dollars, yeah. they think that hockey teams are still a profitable business. They think that they can get a team for cheaper right now because the value of teams are down. 
I feel like they think that this is a good time to buy a team, that this will be a profitable investment for them in the future. So as opposed to what you're saying, that this is going to cause them to trade and shed all of their assets. Said, there's a small, little, little... No, little. there's no glimpse. There's no glimpse. There's no glimmer. There's nothing. I'm just the Penguins they, are not... Okay. Malkin and Crosby are going to retire as Penguins. You can hold me to Most that. Most likely, yes. But I'm saying, if there's ever a, a chance to believe that maybe not... With no, you this not is, at the fold. This is good. Fun. This is good for the Penguins fans, even because there's more money injected into their team. I don't think it really makes the biggest difference, but I can see where it comes from. No, I from. mean, I mean, this is a more bigger. This is you're right. This entity has more money than Mario Lemieux does. I agree with you. So um, listen, you're right, um, but I'm just saying, you know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I mean, this is not a really big deal that much. I don't yeah. think fans should see any real changes. Maybe maybe some more exciting things for them. Who knows? But yeah. right, I so think it's a good time for hockey. All right, so let's move on to some extension talk. Absolutely. So recently, Jack Hughes of the New, New Jersey Devils signed an extension, eight times eight, eight years for $8 million, which is the maximum term deal you could possibly sign at that age and just in general. Um, he has actually, in his career, he has 55 points in 119 games played. Which... And only Kirill Kaprizov and Kiel Makar have made more money in less games. Makar signed it at nine, nine, what does he make, nine times eight. Kaprizov also makes nine. Um, and I think it's just very comparable to like the Nick Suzuki contract, which was $63 million yeah, for eight I, I years, just... 7.875 per year. Um, and clearly they're paying him for his potential. So they're not paying for what he has done in the past, like the Brendan Gallagher contract. They're paying him I for... Just... For what he will be I in the think future. This, I think this contract is a joke. Now, here's what you're seeing. Like, I think that the Devils were afraid that they were going to pull – that uh, Hughes was going to pull something like Kachuk did where he held the team hostage and whatever and forced them to pay him a lot of money. But here's the situation, all right? Jack Hughes is leading up – like, he, he would have been in RFA this next summer. And the thing is, is that, like – as an RFA, like they should have waited that period to see if he was the real deal. But I don't think he's their I, number one pick. I one. understand they that. They obviously have confidence in him. They want to lock him up long term. No, I understand. They don't know their direction of their no, team right but now. But I understand They're, that. But the Devils but are a team. How, why not just wait? Because listen, they had the time. I, I don't think. They, I don't think if you wait, I don't think you end up paying him nine million dollars. He's agree, not a nine million dollars. I agree with that. You don't end up paying him more money. But you gotta understand something. He's like. The Devils don't have like they're an organization like which direct are they are they still rebuilding are they looking at no the they're very much not rebuilding they're they're at a competitive uh, listen team, but, but you know what I'm saying they haven't made the playoffs in three four years now what I'm trying to tell you is that the Devils want to lock up their their future number one player who who you can't find centerman on on you know in the free agent pool you draft only centerman um, yeah. and listen like he's also not Brady Kachuk he's not a wing he's not a winger he's a centerman and I think uh, honestly in a few years this could be a steal of a contract. Well, he has not played a lot of games and is somewhat injury prone. You can already tell how talented a play- of a player he is. He's a really, really great player, player Elyron. And I think in a few years, this can actually look like the McKinnon. I think salary cap will go up. He's a number one, number one centerman. He's so t- he's uber talented. He has so much skill. He's so young. He's twenty years old, man. Like this man is only going to get better. And I mean, I just think he's a beast. Like my my only issue with this Elyron is that sometimes to me. Like, there needs to be some sort of balance here. Like, you can't yeah. always be paying a player for their potential. Like, it, no, to me, it makes I, I no sense that I all agree. these young I, players listen, have so much leverage. Listen, like, why does I, Brady Kachuk, I, why does Quinn Hughes, why does Elias Pettersson, why does Mitch Marner? Well, because they're, why they're, they're drafted Leonard, high. They all have leverage. They're drafted high, and then, and then... They're not all drafted that high, though. Well, no, but either they're drafted high or they're a main piece of a rebuilding team. And they don't have uh, usually around them are not is that many established players. And the truth is that they they can ask for whatever kind of money they want because the team doesn't really have many. But I, there options also needs to be a balance because some players need to be like 
You can't be paying everyone for the like. You need to. Sh These players haven't proved jack shit yet, man. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is that they should have waited till this summer so he could prove himself this year. He's off to a solid start. He should prove but himself. You don't want to create any of that uncertainty, that gray area. If you can lock up a player, you lock him up. No, that's it, not true because you this deal also wait. doesn't kick in till next year, man. So either way, waiting to the end of the year makes no difference whatsoever. No, because you Therefore, want because maybe you got a little what, cheaper. You're gonna wait what an extra six months? No, it's not gonna be cheaper. At the same you want You want to. You want to see that your asset is good. You want to show. I'm pretty sure. I'm sorry. Tell. This is the number one pick. If they, listen, he's also, half a point per game player. Through I mean, his no, if they so drafted, far. if they drafted him first overall, they've already shown full faith in this guy. Why not prove to them we have so much faith in you that we're going to sign you right now, long term? Why not give him so much money so he's set for life and suddenly now he's complacent? Because what happens if he makes? Is it really worth that extra? Extra little bit of time that, and they end up have, having to pay him more money. They weren't going to. He's these, not a nine that's million, million dollar a year player. But these He's young players have the leverage for, for to get the player. money that they want. Now the problem with the league is that he could have gotten more money if he waited. He, how much more money is he going to get? He's not a nine million dollar I, per year you player. You don't know how well he he's going to play right now. A nine his stock isn't going down. Dollar per year. My point player. is, that his stock's not going down. He's a legitimate Listen, NHL caliber player. The Suzuki player. contract made sense because he was almost a point per game player last season. This year, he's not so good. But Z first I mean, of all, Suzuki Hondrick's a steal already. He's already the number one center. I think it's no, I think it was a good contract. But here's the thing. Is Jack Hughes, in your opinion, worth more than Suzu Nick Suzuki? To be no, they're very no, he's not. At his current rate, no. But what I will say is that in a few years, Jack Hughes has more of offensive upside. Nick Suzuki's more like Patrice Bergeron kind of player where he's a two-way two play but, player. But and, and the thing is like no, I, I disagree with you that Jack Hughes right now is worth less than Nick Suzuki. I, so why I do you sign him to a contract that kicks in the same time as Nick Suzuki's because contract? Because it will be a steal in a few years. You're, you're, you're going over things when you need to realize that. Okay. Bigger picture, this is – I really think in four years is this. I really feel that also, but this kind of play, p points out like a bigger issue with RFAs in the league. Now, in my opinion – Too much leverage, man. They have so much leverage. Like – this whole the whole Brady Kachuk thing, where he forced them into paying him over eight million dollars a year, is insane. It's pathetic. He is not worth that for a for a like glorified. I don't know, glorified pest. He hasn't put up fifty points this season. Do you know? He that? has not. And he's thirty five. I think, I think he's a thirty year. goal scorer in this league for sure. But to be honest with you, I mean, I agree with you. Like, Kaprizov and Kielmakar did deserve that money. No, they did because Kaprizov was a great two-way forward. He's an great exception, too. He played the, the KHL. He's 25, Yeah, no, they, they, knew, they knew how he played. And Makar is just – I mean, he's, he's a tank. No, he's, he's, he's an alien. Like, he's unbelievable. <laughs> no, um, but but no. Kachuk is a joke. Like, like I mean, glorified pest. Like, like, what do they do for their team besides, like, I don't know, like, annoy the other team? I mean, like, yeah, I, I agree mean, with you. He got himself bitten a couple weeks ago, so, like – I mean, listen. I wasn't a fan of the Kachuk signing. Um, I'm really not. I think it's. A joke. I think it's. He's overpaid for sure. Um, I really don't know why they paid him so much money. Um, and listen, like you see problems like with the league. Like look at Clayton Keller. He was signed for his potential. And that exactly. contract's not working at all. That's exactly the issue. That's a crap contract, man. You know, I think maybe he got complacent. Like he's on a bad team. There's no fans that. around him. Yeah. He's not getting tough questions from the media. He's just like. There, he's gonna play out his contract. He's yeah, he said seven point one five for the next till twenty twenty seven. You know, yeah, he's it's a bad, bad contract. A ton of, ton of no, till twenty twenty eight. Actually, and he's proven Jack twenty twenty eight. His contract. Uh, so expires. the problem with the league in these days, though, is that listen, like, like I said, these younger players have too much leverage. And to me, so how do you feel, always how say do you get around this? Let me how just face some hockey genius for a second. People always say that the Maple Leafs window to win is like so such a big window. They're so young, but realistically, you need. To win the Stanley Cup, in my opinion, when your younger players, who are sometimes you're, you're one of your, your better players, you need to win 
when, you, when some of your better players are on their ELC deals, when you don't have to pay, overpay them yet. Like, you can look at Ottawa right now. They just overpaid all their young guns. They pay, overpaid Batherson, like I said. They overpaid Norris. They overpaid Kachuk. Now they're screwed because now they're younger players. Before they even had the veterans, they, you need to mesh your veterans and your younger players Absolutely. well. And I'm all of a sudden, you know, but, but here's you can't thing. do that because your younger players are no, making too much that. money. I understand that's something that the teams have to do. But how do you get around this issue of RFAs having too much leverage? Now, let me just give you an idea. So if you understand, do you know what the franchise tag is in the NFL? Yeah. So it's like the it's an average of the top X amount of contracts for a position, and it's a one year contract. The player, pretty much, they have to sign. It's a one year contract. It's fully guaranteed and whatever. I feel the NHL should come up with something like that for RFA's only, not for UFA's, for RFA's. Some sort of like maybe top ten average contracts for like like if you're a winger, it's a winger. If you're a center, it's a center. If you're a defenseman, it's a defenseman. If that's you're a goalie, it's a goalie. That's arbitration, man. Ar- no, that's, that's arbitration. But here's the thing. First-year RFAs aren't arbitration eligible. They're not. So they it just ends up as a joke. So I feel that they shouldn't be able to hold – Like, and also, by the way, I, I would say that one of these contracts would be arbitration eligible for the upcoming year. You get one shot at this point. So at least they should make the first-year arbitration eligible. No? no, not arbitration eligible. I don't think arbitration. I think this, Why not? I think this idea of having a one-year instant get-this-out-of-the-way contract is a good idea. For, for but a player higher, doesn't necessarily need to sign the franchise tag. That's not true. You see players all the time outside the franchise tag. Yeah, but then they're holding out. So they really are forced. Like, they're a breach of contract. They're, they're not, not getting paid. Same, it's the same outcome with, with a holdout. Yeah, in hockey. People are still holding out. I don't know. Kachuk held out. I mean, this still provides a situation where the, the team doesn't have to, like, go and shell out a ton of money for a player that doesn't deserve it just right, to get them back the same on the time, team. Like, listen, like, it makes no sense to me, too, because the salary cap's not, not even going up. So why should these younger players like a Chuck have so – he's not a centerman, man. Why is he making that much money? Makes no sense. I agree with you. All right, let's move on. All right, um, so – Let's go to the Canucks. Canucks. All right, so head coach Travis Green, assistant coach Nolan Bumgarner, assistant GM John Wiesbrod, and GM Jim Benning are all relieved of their duties. Finally. Oh, my God. Yeah, really. I mean, it's I been – how, how long have we been talking about this? late. I mean, this – Still, though, we've been talking about ha- fire we, Benning we for how many Jim, years? We've shredded Jim Benning. Yeah. We, really no, have. Jim Benning. I mean, Jim Benning's a joke. I mean, he's a joke. <laughs> His depth signings were pathetic. Tanner Pearson, pathetic. Oh, my God. Tanner His Pearson. His JT Miller trade was great. Tanner Pearson. Oh, um, yeah, a joke trade. He should not have done Jake that. Jake Beagle, Antoine Roussel. Jay Beagle, yeah, Antoine, Antoine Roussel st- stinks. Insane. He's not. He's on Arizona now. As we trade him away, yeah. but I mean, just pathetic contracts. As Jim Benning is, is not done a great job there. The Foley was a mess. I know Marshall the team a has mess. a lot of bad contracts. <clears throat> I mean, the OEL trade obviously didn't work. Connor Garland's playing all right, but he he's actually been good though. He's been better. But I mean, OEL's been terrible. Yeah, he's been horrible. He's yeah. been ass. So. I mean, to replace head uh, Travis Green, uh, Bruce Boudreaux recently just signed a very cheap two-year deal. Barbecue Bruce. Barbecue Bruce. Um, so, By the way, just so you know, they, the Canucks played one game last night. and that was I Oh, think, yeah, they 4-0. They, they I think won that was the best they played. They, that was the best they played since the bubble. In no, they played so well. And you know what? I think that's a product of coaching. I think Bruce Boudreaux whipped them into shape really quickly. Got to the room and was like, I think maybe he went, got into the room. Boudreau, it's just the, it's the fresh start. Yeah, man. but no, but I feel that Boudreaux might have gotten into the room and was like, hey, I'm here for two years. Some of you guys might not be. And he was probably gave him an ultimatum like, like you guys need to whip into shape because like, I'm here for two years. The truth is, is that Boudreaux is going to probably finish out this contract with the Canucks. Yeah. He's probably not going to get fired. Like he probably told the players like, 
a lot of you are at risk of getting traded. Maybe if you guys show the management that you guys can match together, that you guys can play well together, that you guys are showing improvement, maybe they won't trade you guys. Also, what I say about Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux is that he's a player's coach. He says it how it is. Absolutely. He's very, he's very into it. Um, I mean, he's got know, a lot. He's an he's honest a, coach. Yeah. And honestly, what he has done with his past two teams, the Ducks and, and the Wild, is he gets the best out of his offensive yeah. players. I mean, he over, he, he over, almost overplays his offensive players. And his, and his biggest <clears throat> issue is one that isn't going to exist with this team. So his biggest issue is that when he gets into tough pressure situations, he's like, choke. Yeah. yeah, he's choked away a lot of series in his career. But the truth is, this team has a, probably doesn't make the playoffs. So this is actually the best situation yeah, for him to be in. Like he's, he's kind of like, he's still like, you know, that immature guy and that, that older body. Like that's what he is, Bruce Boudreaux. He's like, he's like a little kid. But what I'll also say but the truth is, is that there's rumored to be tension in the, in the Canucks locker room. It seems to but be. But I think he's going to relieve that. JT Miller and Bo Horvat versus the younger players. You know, the, the older yeah. players are, are upset that maybe they're not showing, you know, as much care. Like when's the last time you've seen Quinn Hughes speak to the media and actually, you know, say it's something of relevance, been a while. of relevance, you know? Yeah. Like I think that what they need is just. Someone to take control of the locker room and be like, all right, enough is enough. Let's, you know, let's bond as a team. Let's get back together. A new fresh start. I mean, the, fr- the fan base has just been all over. The banning, fire banning, fire, Travis Green. Been going on forever, you know? Yeah. And I think this is really going to be a good fresh start. Um, you know, I think this is going to mitigate some, str- some of the strife in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, listen, I don't know who's up for the job right now, but maybe Mark, Mark Bergevin was rumored. I don't think yeah. he's going to get the job because it's so, too high pressure. Maybe the Sedins for GM. We'll see. But right now, what they're doing, the Canucks, they're going to have a collaborative interman- head management for their front office. They're mm-hmm. going to have uh, Stan Smile as their interim GM. And uh, he was the former director of player development and senior advisor to Benning prior to this. Uh, the Sedin brothers are going to come into the front office. Doug Jarvis and Ryan Johnson is going to take over as assistant GM, and Chris Greer is also going to be involved. So it's going to be a collaborative effort between those guys to go and have a front office for now. Maybe some of them are uh, going to show how good they are, maybe to possibly get the GM job. We'll see. Um, um, also, this is this is it's interesting because they signed Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux before. The, this is why it actually happened. It wouldn't have happened maybe even if the Flyers weren't such a mess right now because they. Yeah. They knew that the Flyers were also interested in Bruce Boudreaux, so they, they so they got made they, all these changes they hired him just before, so they could get him, just so that they could get him. Exactly. And honestly, I want to say is that listen, yeah. this is different than the Montreal Canadiens because the the Canucks were are a healthy team right now. They have they're at full strength, even at full strength right now. They might not even be a playoff team at max capacity. The Canadians, while everyone says oh they're not playing well, blah 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 blah, they have been dissipated. Decimated with injuries. Decimated, yeah. Decimated, sorry, decimated with injuries. And I mean, it's really been, it's been, you know, it's been tough on the Canadians. Like it was kind of inevitable that they were going to take a step back this season. One hundred percent. And not as much as the as the Vancouver Canucks. You know, they're at full strength. And I mean, they're like not I said, playing well. They're not good for him. him. I feel um, like, and he gets, yeah. he really gets no, the most out of his yeah, teams. I, I think again, you said he's going to tell it like it is. The truth is, he's going to play a lot of play the hell out of Pedersen. Pedersen better. Besser, he, Besser better start playing better. Yeah. Pedersen has two points in his past 10 games. Four no, but these players are going to start playing well. And the truth is that a lot of these players are probably, like, realizing. He's probably going to say, like, listen, a lot of you guys are going to get traded if you don't whip it up into shape. Yeah. Because the truth is that, I, I don't know, I see, you hear all these trade, trade rumors. JT Miller, Bo Horvat. You see, you hear all these Horvat's a great leader, but how about, let me just say something about JT Miller. JT Miller, not only on the ice, has been an, a really, really great player for the Canucks. Yeah. Off the ice, I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. Um, what I will say, too... Is that I see people trying to blame Thatcher Demko for this. I think he's a phenomenal goalie. That's a goalie. joke. He's actually goal saved above expected. like one something. No, um, he, he's, he's a, a great, great goaltender. Halak has, has been basically average with a 9-11 yeah, but he's, percentage. I mean, he's a backup. But so. Backup goalie. But listen, like 
They have they can't really. I mean, OEL's got to step up. They need some of their players to you know they need they need this fire under them. They need a co- they needed this. They need change. yeah. And let me say something. I think what Bruce Boudreau does well is he even you know gets his team gets his teams to overachieve sometimes. When he was with the Ducks, the Ducks were struggling and they didn't they didn't make the playoffs that year. But he got them on a twenty one zero and two run, which is crazy. Like he'll get the best out of his team. I think he's an offensively minded coach. Yet they're gonna forecheck the hell out of teams. Um, yeah. Absolutely. He's a character. I think this is a good... No, I, I'm absolutely. rooting for him. He's a good guy. I think, no, I, again, like I said... He was on the NHL he, Network for a while, too, by the yeah. way, which is interesting. But, um, he is going to... He's going to finish out this contract with the, the um, Canucks. No question. No. I think it, it's a cheap deal. It's about 2 or $2.5 million for the next two years. Cheap deal. I think he's excited. I think he's excited to get another shot at coaching right now. I don't think he cares about the spotlight. The spotlight's never really phased him. It's just like... I think that he's going to get the most out of these guys. And... You know, I think that this is the best move for Canucks. I think Canucks fans should be excited. I mean, maybe we see a turnaround. The season is – they're not completely out of it. Like, you know unlike the, you know unlike the Canadians, they're not completely out of it right now. So they could turn it around. You know what's fascinating though? Is that, is that the past – like both the Canadians and the, and the Canucks have both been – you know, I feel like they're going to be trendsetters with what they're doing in their management positions right now. You see with the Canadians with their two-man system, I think that's going to become more common than you think. And also here – with their coaching situation, the Canucks, I feel like more teams are going to go to short-term contracts. With the money implications, COVID still being, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty relevant right now. Um, I really think co- like teams are going to start going with shorter term, especially because you're seeing some coaches, you know, being recycled and stuff like that, and, and being given short and leash- shorter leashes. Yeah. I really think it's going to be more common for yeah. teams to shine coaches shorter term. Yeah, um, because I'm, so I mean, listen, you, if you fire a coach, you're still paying them. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough deal. So. Like and listen again, like you said, coaches get recycled a lot. I mean, the, How about these just the longest tenure. You know what's crazy? I think the two longest tenured coaches is John are Cooper, John Cooper, and Paul Maurice. Like, which, which I I like that guy, Paul Maurice. Uh, Paul Maurice, listen, uh, he had a rough sh- stretch there. I know I was saying that he should be fired, but whatever. I like Paul Maurice. I think he's a great. If Paul guy. Maurice on the market. The Canadians should fire. No, no, no. Everyone, everyone. There's so many teams that are gonna go and sign Paul Maurice. Yeah. But, All right, so let's move on to another coach who was just recently Elaine fired. Vigneault. How about them Flyers, man? So, <laughs> them Flyers. Um, Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault and assistant coach Michelle Therrien, former, former Montre- Montreal Canadiens, yeah. were just fired after um, their eight-game losing streak and their last loss was a 7-1 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, and finally, management pulled the plug. Um, during that time span, they were outscored 35-13. to 13. Oh, that's going to definitely win you a lot of games. Uh, exactly, right? And then this was Elaine Vigneault's third season with the Flyers. Yeah, and he had a big contract, too. Yeah, he, really, he signed really, until 2024. Which is, so, that's so why, again, that's another thing. He's, they're they're going to be paying him till 2024, and he's not going to be working for them. Exactly. That's why they, I also think they're, they're looking at an in-house coach, at least to, the, to, to end the season, because... You know, they're, maybe they want to save money. Some money. Yeah, they're a bit of a money, you know. The little tight. So, so exactly. right now, they, so, so now they have Mike they Yo Mike coming Yo. in as interim head coach, so, former coach I mean, of I, the Minnesota unlike, Wild. Unlike the and yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he's he listen. has an experience. I think Chuck Fletcher. Lat, so it's funny, Chuck Fletcher met with the with the media last week. Yeah, and he basically said, "I'm not looking to make a coaching change." And in one week, he made a coaching so, change. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, they but never I they never tell think, it like it is to the media. But. No, but not even that. I actually think he was being honest. To be honest with you, I think he was really looking to make a coach like not looking to make a coaching change. I think he was looking to stick it out. The, the but then those two, the, these past two games, the Flyers have been pathetic. Yeah, they the seven one loss. I mean, there's no, especially considering, but considering the moves they made this offseason. But Mike Yo, unlike Boudreaux, where I think he's being signed to go and get the best out of these guys and to try and light a fire under them. 
I really feel Mike Yo is just a band-aid. I feel like he's just going on there because he's their best option right now. You know, he's someone who's just going to come in. Maybe he turns the team around. Maybe he doesn't. He's but just going to do a little job. I don't think he's going to stick around for a while. Is that also I, – I disagree with you on something. I think the Canucks are not making the playoffs and their season's basically over. I think – No, I, I mean I I, think they're honestly, still in it technically. They're still in it. Of course. They have like a 6% chance of making the playoffs. But also what I'll say is that – I mean he's – I think he's more of a band-aid. Like – the Flyers are, are in it more than the Canucks. No, are. but then Mike Yo is not a like a coach. Who, like, listen, the moves that they made this offseason showed a win now mentality. I mean, With you don't you Atkinson, don't yeah you don't trade signing Alice You don't trade for Ristolainen. Yeah. Like, listen, Ristolainen cost them um, Gossesbier, who's having a great season down Seas in Arizona. He's toe drag. Yeah. yeah, Rasmus Ristolainen's only signed till the end of the year. I don't know. I don't. I mean, listen, I I agree with some of their moves. I don't agree with some. Of them. I I think that. I mean, I don't know. Atkinson, I think, was a good trade for them. I th- Atkinson I- has been their best player this year easily. Which is um, crazy. Provorov offensively has been a bit disappointing. I think yeah. they have a good – you know, they got some I mean, good players. They, they gave Bond. some they, big extensions out this offseason. They gave, made some big moves. Listen, and, and the none Philadelphia of Flyers really, are clearly underperforming. And what I don't understand – Of course the they're team, underperforming. You know, no I, I said this before. Is that goal, like, Martin Jones has played well. Like, they have, they, they've done it. Carter Hart's pl- played pretty well, yeah, too. Yeah, he's played well, too. Their defense just hasn't been that great. Listen, I mean, Ristolainen has, has not been that good. Ellis has been You know okay what, though? But every single advanced stat – Matt Rasmus, They can't put the puck in the every, every single By every single advanced stat, Rasmus Ristolainen is a joke. He's way better this year if you look at it. You think so? Yep, he's way better analytically. But also what I'm I mean, saying, but still, I mean, you don't trade for someone who – the net. Other than, other than Cam Atkinson, they have Kevin Hayes, who has barely played all year. Um, they have no more Voracek anymore. Giroux has been okay. He has eight goals, I think. Listen, they're just not the same team um, offensively. They fair be struggling a little bit, but he's a great offensive young talent. You know, listen, like they just can't put the puck in the net. And defensively, they've been middle of the pack. But I don't know. I think, honestly, Elaine Vino's time yeah. is up. They need a new voice. So, yeah, I just quickly pulled out uh, Rasmus Ristolainen's advanced stats. And you're going to like this because he went from uh, wins above replacement percentile last year in 49 games played of – Zero percent, according to Top Down Hockey, and now in sixty nine games played with, uh, between the two seasons, which includes the forty nine games played last year, he's also still at zero percent wins above pre- replacement percentile. So what's he been this year? He's been zero. He's back from zero to zero. So his offense has gone up a lot, and his defense has dropped off. So I mean, I guess now he's doing something. Right? But they've just been underperforming, man. It's like, I know, I know, it's I agree. Kateria can't score. Connecty can't score. Baby. I just think that I, I mean, I I think that they mislooked. I mean, not mislooked. They, I think they looked at their team wrong, and they were like, "Oh, we can win right now." When they and honestly, they I don't think that they were really in a position where they can really win I right now. I disagree with you. I'll tell you something right now. I don't think that they're in a position. If with it these... weren't for COVID nineteen, the year of twenty twenty, I think the Flyers would win the Stanley Cup. Listen, to what I'm about to say. In in March of twenty twenty, they were the hottest team in the league. They Maybe outside like the Rangers, 10 game, but... You're right. They're on a 10-game winning streak, and they got into the bubble looking extremely good. They, they, they snuck by the Habs, and they lost, they lost to a Lightning team who was stacked. But at the same time, if it weren't for COVID, I really believe... I don't think any team is stopping them. But listen, they have... They have I don't know. I don't they have, know. I mean, also what I'll say is, like, they do have some younger players in the lineup. But that was... Like you said, that was a hot team. Yeah. Right I mean, now, I don't think they They still have a good future, though. They have Morgan Frost, Oscar you, They have some big moves to make this offseason, though. I mean, obviously, Juju, obviously, you probably don't re sign Ristolainen. You probably don't. No. But what, what do you do with uh, uh, the captain, Giroux? What do you do with him? He's, his contract, I think, ends this year. He also had that guy retire. What's his name again? Um, on, on the fence. Matt Niskanen, who was, yeah. I think, crucial to their team, honestly. Losing him was a big deal. I mean, Yandel's really not the No, but what do you do anymore. with Giroux? I mean, he's a. 
Drew's been actually he's has eight goals this year. He's he's not the problem this year. No, I'm and not saying that he's the problem. But do you, do you resign him? Do you not? Do you I, try I, and trade him? He's in the make, make, if the things if the things if the things right go off the rails, do you try and trade him? I mean, listen. I think I think honestly, I really think they're going to be in the playoff on it to trade deadline. So I don't think that's going to become a possibility. But honestly, listen. I'm not sure. I'm really not. Claude sure. Drew signed. You know, I, I mean, he signed to eight point two seven five right now. I think he makes it half of that. I mean, so far, I mean, so far this year, he's made. He has 21 points in 23 games. I so told he's about, he's not the problem. He's about uh, – no, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying yeah. that – do, do you try and name – I don't know. Do you try a rebuild? Do you try a retool? Do Couture, you try – Like I said, Couture do you try and make some moves? I love, the, I love what the – I honestly – like on paper, I'm a big fan of the Flyers. I, I don't care about the paper though. The I'm paper tell is that telling us that right they don't now need, that they're they, don't need, they don't need a rebuild. I think they're – Then they're, what do you think they do? What do you think they, they need, need right now? They need a little bit of a retool. I think they, some of their – like listen, I'm not a big fan of Drew. They got rid of Voracek, who's a terrible contract. I love Couturier. I think he's one of the best two-way players in the league. Um, I think they need a few. Oh, I love Couturier. I'll they, give they you need that. A few, they need to bulk up their top six. I mean, listen, they could use another. Honestly, they could use another centerman because I, I don't know. I don't know if Claude Giroux is, is what he used to be, and he's playing second center. He, no, I mean he's, he's, he's not third. You know, in the next coming years, like I don't know. I mean, a point per game player doesn't does it belong on the third line? But well, I no, do understand. Saying, like, I'm saying the next few years, I really think he's gonna. You know, he's getting older. He's thirty four. Like he's. Listen, they have, they have actually down the middle. They're pretty good. I mean, Couturier, Drew, and then Hayes. Um, that's a, sa- yeah, yeah. But I'm saying down the middle. That's not that should I'm not saying, be a problem. If they hypothetically lose Drew, they're I, not hypothetically losing Drew though. What does that mean? I, I next, mean, he's a UFA next year. He's a UFA, but I think that he would probably resign with them over any other team. He is the captain after all. I mean, we saw this whole not situation. We saw this situation play out with um, uh, with. Maybe Drew to Ottawa. Landeskog. We saw the situation play out with Landeskog this past summer where, you know, everyone was like, it, got, it went down all the way to the wire to the UFA period. They still ended up re-signing him because he is the yeah, captain. Yeah, but Drew's been with the same team his whole career. I think. And so is Landeskog. At some point, yeah, but I mean, Landeskog's younger than him. But also, I mean, listen, like, Drew, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I think he's going to be in the decline in the next few years. He's a bit over, you know, you know he's, been, he's a bit heavy. Um, but listen, Van Riebsek hasn't played that well. A- Atkins has been their only goal scorer. They got some, they, yeah, they, they have can't some... put the puck in the net. They really can't. Yeah, I, but I, I'm still saying, though, maybe they, like, I don't know who their prospects are so much, like, right now. I knew that, like, they were very high on. Farabee's a beat. I mean, he's, Farabee's a He's yeah. actually hurt right now. They have Broussard, who's hurt. They have Ryan Ellis, who's yeah. not playing. And listen, like, their defense is, is on pa- oh, again, on paper, like, Travis he, Sandheim is a great player. I think they have Justin Braun, like I said. Yeah, they do have Justin they Braun. Have he's, play, he's actually playing top. Top line oh, these are right bigger now. defensemen who are puck movers. I, I like their team. I, I Listen, I don't think – actually, I think their biggest issue is their back end and their top six. I think they don't I have said, enough yeah, talent in the top six. Top six, they don't have enough talent on the wings. Their, their center depth is actually great right their, now. Their depth in general. Good center depth, good. really terrible wings. And I, I don't know. I, I think down on the defense also they can use some retooling, especially when you consider a lot of players on that defense are also not I playing in a better spot year. than a lot of teams are though. You, know, you think or, so? Yeah, I really do. I don't think so. Let's see how this. Let's see how, what Mike Yo does in the coming weeks, yeah. and we'll see who's proven right. Speaking but of I, team is just a, a complete crap show, and just he's nowhere near winning. <laughs> oh, any, coyotes. Any sort of games. oh, coyotes! How about them Arizona Coyotes, man? What about what a joke? And, and I mean, I don't know. It's just it's a real Every joke. Day there's more news about the Coyotes. Whether they're moving, they're not moving. They're, I mean, oh, apparently they have a they have pathetic. a deal in Tempe, this, and now they have a deal in Houston, and now they Arizona have a deal. State. Arizona State. <laughs> They're going to play to Arizona State or Veterans Coliseum. So let's just talk about I mean, the they can probably, I mean, like, they don't pull in fans or whatever, so. Yeah, I mean, they're they're pathetic. And this is their year to basically, this is their write-off year. I mean, pile the, up what do you mean picks. write-off year? They, like, this is the year where they actually have, I mean, forget about how the team performs. Management, this is their biggest year. What do you 
what for the management, this is their big. This is their write-off because they need to figure out how they where they play next year. I'm talking about for the oh. management. I'm not talking about for players. The players don't care. The the play on the ice doesn't matter. The pl- what right, right right now matters is are you going to be able to sustain the the Arizona Coyotes in the desert? And honestly, I don't know. I, they lose a ton of money for the NHL. I agree with you, but what I'll say too, and if you try and get into a new stadium, is that they took on contracts for only one year. Oh no, I agree with that. So after they, this season, they, they they're going to have so much cap space to do whatever they want to do and and make a big splash in free agency. Are they? And who's going to want to sign with them? Who's going to want to sign with them? Arizona is a very pretty place to live, man. I'm, and I'm I, sure I know low state income taxes and whatever. Yeah, Listen. I'm sure there's going to be players who are going to want to play. Kessel's gone too. They have they have players who are expiring deals next year. I think they're well, clearly. Taking, I think nine out of their ten, nine out of their thirteen forwards under contract, I think are are expiring. I can double check that right now, though. Exactly. So what I'm saying to you is that they also stockpile on draft picks because of their whole, you know, you know, they couldn't develop any players. Same thing, you know. Listen, they have a lot of draft picks in the upcoming years. Yeah. And actually, I was wrong. Twelve out of their fourteen forwards are either UFAs or RFAs. There's only four RFAs in there. Uh, what is that? Eight R eight UFAs uh, uh, forwards, and then they have two UFA defensemen. But to be honest with you, I'll say one thing about the, the Coyotes is that unlike some of these teams, they actually have a plan. Like at least they're a team that knows, like you know, they know what they want to do. Exactly. They they. I actually think this is a really smart. To be honest, like I think Bill Zito is a pretty shrewd GM because what he's done right now is he's essentially said. We're taking this year for the sake of the yeah. next few years. Like no, I mean Bill Armstrong has made some good moves. And next, I really think this offseason is gonna. I mean, they're gonna look really, really like if they they make the right signings and they they draft properly, they could be a really good team in the next five years. Yeah, I I agree. But I mean, the whole thing is, I think there for, is some I think is my point. I think for hockey ops, this is a very important year because you gotta figure out what you're doing. You gotta figure out what's going on. You gotta figure out. You know, you gotta figure out what you're playing, and I don't know. At this point, I honestly would think to go and maybe try out Houston. At yeah, this point. I mean, listen, like I think next year they, it even said they might play, like I said, in the Valley. They might play in Veterans Coliseum, Arizona State. They have no clue. They have no clue. Yeah. They really um, honestly have no clue. But listen, where they are right now does not seem that manageable. You no, know, not at all. They don't have a permanent. Gila home, so. River Arena. No, they're, uh, they're not playing. They're, they're done. They're evicted. Yeah, this I mean, listen, this is um, they're really a mess. And so we'll see. Them in the center speaking is a bit, about, a bit of problem. You speaking know? about things that have been bad, the new jerseys this year have really looked pretty ridiculous. Um, I mean, have you seen the Stadium Series jerseys? Like the Nashville ones, oh disgusting. My. Smashville. Smashville, like what is that? Like, like you got this bit. Like, listen, I actually like the striping on the jersey. The striping is pretty simplistic. The colors are really. The color nice. code itself is. Cool. I love the colors. Yeah. Actually, and the guitar pick logo, I really like. But you can't see the damn guitar <laughs> pick logo when there's like you know Smashville, Smashville all over. <laughs> I look yeah. at the letters. They're and not even. Honest with you for a second, I do like the, the the lightning, the lightning, the lightning jersey. The lightning. Okay, the it's something fresh. Really cool. It's something fresh. I think it's not bad. If I were seven years old, I'd be drooling all over these jerseys. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. Is they're trying to become the NBA, where they they get these jerseys to basically hype know, up the fans. Exactly. Whatever, to get them excited. Buy. This is gonna be such different. But you know what? Though, I think jerseys, this is different though. Different I think what's different about this one is that look at the Smashville. It's like the, the different like letters are different sizes. Like two S's are completely different sizes. Like. I think that one's a total mess. You're right. Um, listen. What do you um, think about the New Jersey jersey? The jer- I love the Jersey jersey. Uh, no. I think it's the in the cringiest way possible, the coolest jersey. I'm not a big fan of the jersey. I like jersey. it. I think it looks like in a jersey that Adidas would just – if Adidas was asked to make an NHL jersey, this is what it would look like. Um, maybe just because I'm biased because I'm from New Jersey. I think it's pretty funny. The jersey I think it jersey. looks terrible. I think um, there's no colors. I think it looks like – 
I mean, it was slapped together probably really quickly. It's just, it's that, just I mean, the, the fact that it says jersey on it is ridiculous. Unless you're a hockey fan, you have no idea what Adidas that means. needs to make. They should get a hat. They should get a hat. The bigger problem is, is the shoes. price of these jerseys. It's just the joke. Two hundred twenty bucks. Yeah, except like, there's no color in this jersey. There's like a little color behind the jersey, and that's it. But I will say, my favorite of all the jerseys that have been released is the, the new Pittsburgh Penguins right? alternate How with the Pittsburgh text. That with is black. It looks like the reverse retro a little bit. Really? Yeah, but in in black. But I think it looks really fresh. I think it looks really good. And I like it more than their other alternate, which was just the yellow. I didn't I, like the yellow. The yellow is a little average. Not, it's yeah. not a terrible, ugly jersey, but it's, but it's not great. Really but authentic, I, cool this jersey. This is really cool. Back. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd but, buy this if I had the, the you know. So let's, quick ranking of the jersey. I think Pittsburgh, then uh, Jersey, then Bolts, then Smashville. <laughs> but I was saying I, was, I like the Jersey jersey. I was being a little facetious. Like, I like it, but at the same time, you know, I like I'm it more biased than Bolts. I'm from New Jersey. I'm not going to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm gonna go with with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then I'm gonna go. With the, then I'm gonna go with Jersey Jersey and just Nashville. <laughs> Smashville. <laughs> what a joke! Who, who writes on the jersey? We all know you're mad. Nashville Smash. Like no need to write on the jersey. What with a, all the different like size yeah. letters, it looks like you cut we it out from a piece of. Than that yeah, it looks seriously. like looks like you, they cut it out from one piece of fabric, like a two year old cut it yeah. out. So all right. So anyway, I mean, that wraps it up. It's been we a appreciate. Very... Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, another episode, and we'll we'll speak to you guys soon. Thank you Absolutely. guys. Thank you so much for listening.